Did you know that most vitamin D3 supplements come from sheep's wool? Ew, seriously. They squeeze the grease out of the wool and process it with chemicals, and then you eat it. I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual, the company making traceability the new standard in the supplement industry. When I was pregnant, I got rid of products I didn't want anywhere near my body. I found that many multivitamins contained high amounts of heavy metals, synthetic colorants, and even lacked some of the nutrients we actually needed. So what did I do? At four months pregnant, I quit my job and started Ritual because all women deserve to know what they're putting in their bodies and why. Ritual's products are made traceable, meaning we share the science and sourcing for every single ingredient. For example, our vegan vitamin D3 comes from sustainably harvested lichen in Nottingham, England, not sheep. We trace like a mother because, let's be honest, no one cares quite like a mother. See for yourself with 25% off at ritual.com slash podcast. Hello, friends. I'm your host, Chris Thrill. I'm a former Royal Marines commando. I've adventured for better and sometimes worse across 80 countries on all seven continents. Welcome to the Bought the T-Shirt podcast. Good evening, the world. I'm Chris Thrill. I'm a former Royal Marine and now I'm the fortunate host of the Bought the T-Shirt podcast, but tonight we're not just going to be talking about me. Check check this out, if I can get the technology right. Check out my guest who's making quite a name for himself in the positivity world. Dan, welcome brother. How great, you, to, how great to chat, mate. Yeah, mate. Thanks for having me. Hey, it's very simple. You're more than welcome, and I'll tell you why, is I need people like you in my life um i need to see there's people getting out there positive smashing it taking their mental health um seriously and also doing you know doing some pretty impressive stuff that if i had more time in my life or whatever maybe i'd be doing that but do you know what i'm i'm really happy with some things to just watch other people uh sort of watch other people doing it. So when you talk about, oh, just been for an open water swim, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I've done, you know, I'm getting into that, but but I'm just, um, I'm happy for you, mate, you know? Yeah, thank you. It's, it, it, appreciate you saying that, but it's, it's, it's a big thing now. You know, I think what what's happened is now we've entered the plague last year, people are realising what's important to them. Yeah. You know, people are getting to grips with, actually, I haven't, I haven't got time anymore to 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 do all these things because I'm busy doing the shit that I want to do. You know, I'm not going to spend half my fucking life looking at emails and all that. I want to go and have a swim. I want to yeah. go and ride a push bike for 50 miles on a Saturday rather than doing all the stuff that that we have to do, well, we, we perceive we have to do in normal life. You know, we're finding time for ourselves. So if we can, if we can find a bit of silver lining in this worldwide plague, then I think that's that's one of them. Yes. Yes, I think so. I, I'm I'm trying to do the same because I've always been able to throw all my time into my work. And when I say work, I don't work. I've, I've been a writer for I was a writer for 12 years and now I'm a YouTuber, adventurer, speaker, whatever it is I am today. Um, so it's not really work, but I've always been able to because I enjoy it so much. I've always been able to put as much time as I want into it. But now that I'm a dad, or I've been a dad six years, 
you've got to reassess that situation, you know. You, you've got to look at your family and think, hang on a sec, I, I don't want to be sat here talking to that thing like two I, I like you know it's good it's good in proportion writing a books is good in proportion but um yeah our time is limited isn't it and when it's gone it's gone absolutely absolutely and you know sit sit and write a book sit and do your emails but have that balance a lot of people talk about balance and well-being and and homeostasis and equilibrium whatever the fuck they want to call it, it doesn't matter what you call it it's getting that balance about yeah, I'm going to work a bit, but then I'm going to find some time for my family. Then I'm going to find some time for myself because self-care is probably the most important thing. I say to everybody all the time, how the fuck do you expect to look after everybody else if you can't look after yourself? You know, that self-care is so important, whether it's in the morning or at night or both, it's irrelevant. You've got to have that level of self-care before you're in any sort of fit state to, to, to look after anybody else. Someone said, and I was on a, an Instagram live the other day, and someone said, it's like um, when you're on a plane and the oxygen mask come down. You put the oxygen mask on first before you help anybody else. Because if you're I trying don't... to suck in there from Bolivia, how are you going to give someone else, you know, you can't help anyone, can you? Yeah, I'll probably be throwing them all out the plane first and then putting all, all of their oxygen masks yeah, on. Yeah, fuck them. I'll have the lot. <laughs> and their parachutes, everything. <laughs> Dan, listen, before we talk about what I call the good stuff, which is all this stuff that, I don't know, maybe I was the same when I was young, that youngsters aren't interested in. So that's getting out, smashing it, triathlon, being a legend, all this kind of stuff. Before we come on to that, can we talk a bit about your military Yeah, absolutely. Career? Absolutely. When, when were you at Limston? So I joined, uh, when did I join? The, the beginning of 2003. So 2000, end of 2002, I, I applied, went through all the, the, the tests and everything like that. And then 31st of March, 2003, I walked through them gates. I had that sick feeling when you get on the train to Limston Commander and you get off. And you know what? If I was drive there now, I'd probably get that same sick feeling. I think anyone would. When they come up that hill and you, and you see the officer's mess on the right-hand side there and you get that horrible sick feeling in your stomach because you, you just assume pain is coming with it. But I joined just as the Iraq war was kicking off. So I went through training. And when you go for your dinner or, 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 or whatever, your lunch, your breakfast, has got the Sky News on and updates, updates, updates. So I was completely uh, you know, enveloped in that situation because we just fed it, fed it, fed it all the time. So when I went through training as the Iraq war was going on, you know. Mm. I'm going to try and... Um purposely uh, not mention any politics tonight Dan simply because I talk about all this kind of stuff a lot and and it's a minefield to navigate because of some of the platforms that I'm on so some of the video platforms absolutely forbid uh, free speech which is what you what you and I were willing to give our lives for and and what many of our oppos did give their lives for yeah that's 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 all, all that's out the window now you're not allowed to speak um which is ah, another thing again. So, um, so my point is, yeah, I'm not going to talk about that and I'm not going to talk about the kind of last two years because it just ends up getting us all in trouble connected. And now we're reconnected. Good. Before I go any further, friends at home, um, massive hello to Ben. Ben, Ben hooked us, um, hooked me and Dan up. So Ben's been on the podcast yeah. before. 
Nice one, brother. Nice one, Ben. Um, mate, yeah. So 2003, um, commonly known as the period when Royal Marines training was at its all-time easiest, isn't it? Uh, absolutely, mate. Otherwise, I wouldn't have got through it. <laughs> you know, literally, all you had to do was just turn up. Yeah, I heard that. They gave them out on the platform as you got off just the turn train. Up. Honestly, I was there 10 minutes. 10 minutes, they just give it out. Do you know that when when we... They called it induction in my day, right? They called it... Well, it was when, my, when I was there as well, yeah. yeah. Then they realised that that actually does sound like brainwashing and they changed it to foundation. <laughs> um, but we, I didn't know until... Um, we're all stood by our bed spaces and there's like three empty bed spaces. And that's the three lads that are too scared to get off the train. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, there was, there was, there was 56 of us, 56 mm. of us started that day, that day one. Yeah. And, um, not, you know, it don't, it don't take long for the numbers to start dwindling. We under no illusions. People It's fucking hard. It is really hard. And not a lot of it's luck. A lot of it's luck. If you're still good, powerful, strong lads that have just got unlucky with an injury and ended up, you know, having to go home. Yes. And did you at any point, Dan, think, did you have any wobbly moments? Did you ever think about going home or... or Every well, single last fucking second of every single beasting, I wanted to go home. I wanted to go home. But the only reason I joined the Marines... You know, a lot of people say, yeah, my dad was a Marine. My granddad was a Marine. I live in Plymouth. I live in Exeter. It's a natural progression. I only want to be a fireman. So all I ever wanted to be was a fireman. And London and Essex Fire Brigade weren't recruiting at the time. So in my naivety, I thought, well, oh, fuck it. I'll go and join the military. It will look good on the CV. And then six months later, we'll go and join the Fire Brigade when they start recruiting again. Little did I know, it, it doesn't really work like that. And then I saw the advert on the telly, you know, 99.99% need not apply. Fine. That's the hardest thing. Let's go and do that. And that's what made me join the Marines. That's the only reason. But I'm quite a stubborn person, quite a determined, stubborn person, you know, uh, tenacious, if we're putting it on the CV, I think they call it. But is I, I, I don't give up. I don't give up at anything. There's no, there's no quit. Mm. Don't get me wrong. I'm not successful first time at everything, but it's not because I've given up. It's just because, I don't know, I'm not fast enough. I'm not strong enough. I'm not, I'm not clever enough. So all these different things that contribute to me not being successful the first time, learning for the second, third, fourth time, however long it takes me to do it, but I don't give up. And I think that was in me before I joined the Marines. And I think the Marines just sort of solidified that mindset, really, as it, as it did for probably all of us, if, if I'm honest. Yeah, so really, if, if, if you could can... Put the Royal Marines, the essence of what being a Royal Marine is into a can. What you just said then is what is, what is in that can, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. As well as being able to get changed really, really quick. Into women's clothes. Into women's clothes or making a fancy dress costume yeah. really quick. Well, uh, I was going to say while drinking a pint of puke, but I'm going to keep it. <laughs> let's keep it above board. Um, Frank's asking a great question. Would you do it again knowing what you know now? If I did it again, well, if my body was in the in the right, if it was just my mind in that body, I think it would be easy. Not easy. Easier. Easier. And, and, and absolutely, in, in response to your question, Frank, I would do it again, yeah. Because 
I think for all of us, what we did yesterday makes us the men that we are today. And, you know, my, my next door neighbor is, he's disabled, but he loves the military and he could never, he could never join the military. And he said, well, I don't know what sort of bloke I'd be if I had. And that, that sort of resonated me with a lot because what sort of bloke would I be if I hadn't, you know, I wouldn't be here talking to you now. I wouldn't be in the situation that I'm in trying to help all these people, you know, but my life would be extremely different because it's completely formed by joining the military, joining the Marines, coming down to Paul. All my friends are down here now. But yeah, I would in a, in a heartbeat. Yeah. Yeah, I think... Um, you, Chris? Yeah, it, it, I think I know um, what Frank's getting at. And like I said a minute ago, I'm not going to get too political, but it's like I wouldn't know what I knew now had I not been an insider in the military. And I know how it works. I know the the mindset of the young people, you know, that, that join up. I know how the military industrial complex works. And it's serious now, take up a fucking jersey off and everything. Uh, uh, and um, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't have had that perspective that, that gives me like a holistic perspective now. So would would I if I was offered it tomorrow, that'd be a different that'd be a very very, very different question. You know, trying to reflect on what you did when you were young is a very yeah. different thing. Completely, completely different man. You know, completely you... different man I was. Now, bearing in mind, we're going back near enough twenty odd years now. Twenty yes. odd years ago, back, you know. So, yes, I was going to say it's fifteen years for me, but that would be a lie. <laughs> <laughs> Thirty-five years ago now for me, bloody hell. Yeah, you know, for some some of these kids, they couldn't comprehend. They didn't. They didn't even know. I just want to say. Um, Dan, excuse me, just a couple of quick hellos. There's Bobby Bobby there in the chat. Bobby always joins us. Legend, mate, thank you. Um, Bob Sheldrake, who's on my team. Hello, Bob. Thanks for all the hard work you're doing. Bob smashed out the nine-miler, even though he was on Australia on his own. He put his backpack on and, and, he, and he, he did the fundraising for us. So, legend, Bob. Good effort, Bob. Um, hello, hoax. Hello, ice. Uh, Tony T, another chap that's on my team. Very nice man. Hello, Tony. Um, need to get one of our uh, Zoom chats organised again, don't we? So we can all have a catch up. And there's Connor coming in at the end there. Hello, Connor. And hello, Holistic Media. And Frank, of course. Um, what was it like in Iraq then? I was, I'll tell you my little dit, and it's not, it's not much of one, but... I was on Invince at the time. Hang on, no, sorry. I'm I'm talking back the first Iraq conflict. Yeah. Was it 91? 90, 91. 91, yeah. I was on Invince and um we were we were the first ship to set sail for the conflict and we didn't right. get as far as pulling away from the harbor before the the captain piped up on the tannoy to hear it to hear the captain speaking um and he, it was something like you'll be pleased to hear we're no longer say sailing for the war they're going to send it the, the atlantic conveyor instead or the the new atlantic conveyor and all around the ship you heard all the matlers going yay <laughs> <laughs> and there's 12 bootnecks in our mess deck <laughs> Staring at the floor. I'd sell all my goodbyes and everything. <laughs> <laughs> um, so 
yeah, what was what was it like then? What two? What was it? Two thousand and three. No, I went through training in two thousand three. So when I was in training, yeah. I'm sorry. I, I meant when 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 Iraq kicked off the second time because it was Afghanistan first, wasn't it? Yeah, that was about two thousand ish. And then yeah. And then when I went to Iraq, it was um, two thousand six when I went to Iraq. So we was I went with five three nine five three nine assault squadron. So we went there and it was weren't loads of us. It was I don't know about thirty of us, forty of us, something like that. Um, patrolling, patrolling the Shatter Larab, little bit of work up in the Maysan province, just just bits and pieces. Um, but it was a new thing. It was a new thing, you know. You go on the you go on the Google now, and you can Google gunboats and all these all these fucking boats with loads of machine guns on them and everything like that. Well, that was brand new. So I was the very first operational twin mount machine gunner um, on the on these orcs we call them offshore raiding craft, and it's not it's not top secret or anything like that. You can you can Google them. So we went out there and and we trained for a long time because it was we was we was implementing all the SOPs and everything like that. So we'd trained for a long time for it and, and and we was ready. We was ready to go out there. The night before, I was going up and flying out from up north with, with, with a couple of lads and I had a little bit of a wobble because it was new. It was new and I thought, why me, you know? This this has all got real now. It's all got real. But you're with the lads, aren't you? You're with the lads and all the bravado and everything like that and it, it sort of envelops you and and you're okay then because you you were your mates and, and you're with your brothers or, or, or however you want to put it. And then we went out there and, you know, it was, uh, we, we, we had an incident in the first sort of few days we was there where a couple of the lads lost their lives. Um, can you talk, that, w- without giving any names, can you talk through it just so people at home know what, what, what well, it's on, it's, you, you, you can Google it anyway. It's, it's on the Google. So, uh, um, Jay Hilton and Ben Novak, that they lost, they lost their lives, and I think it's important to say their names, yeah, so they don't they don't get forgotten. They're brave fucking men, really brave men. That you know, it was it was an IED, it was an IED that that went off, um, and unfortunately on on the rivers, there's not there's nowhere to get away from it, you know, there's nothing to hide behind on the river. So that they they died, and a couple of other people from from another unit. They lost their lives as well, so that was that was in like the first week we was there. So all of a sudden, that was quite a a, a wake up call for want of a better word. Yeah, some of the I should just say some of the lads I did the nine miler with were were pretty much like best mates with Ben. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely brilliant bloke, a brilliant bloke. But Jay as well, Jay, we call we called him Paris, Paris Hilton, and mate. The, the, the world lost two good blokes that day. In fact, the world lost four good people because a couple of other people from the other unit died as well. But so that that was that was quite a quite a wake up call for, for us, and and it was almost for for me anyway. It was almost as if um, probably a little bit of revenge, maybe maybe revenge took over, and and then you just sort of if you wasn't switched on anyway into that zone, so to speak that soon got you into it, you know, and, and we did, we did, well, I did nearly, nearly seven months, two days shy of seven months out there. Um, but, you know, I'm pretty good at compartmentalizing, you know, it's, we've, we've all got family at home. I had, I had a family there, then I had a wife, child at home and, 
you just forget about them for want of a better word without forgetting about them. If you know what I mean, you put, you push that to the back of your head and because you get again to a certain level of self-care, you know, you've got to look after yourself and the people in the boat next year and the guy on the right next year, you've got to look after each other to be able to look after yourself, to be able to go home to them, you know? Yeah, but it very was, much. Yeah. And Afghanistan was, did, was that a bit, Afghanistan was different for me. It was, it, it was different. It was, um, it was, so I, I went to Iraq, come back. And then the next year I went to Afghanistan, different, different sort of thing. You know, you're not, you're not on the boats and it, it, it it's, it's a lot different. It's a lot different. No more, no more, um, what's the word I'm looking for? No more intense, very intense, but because you're that little bit more experienced, you, you, you learned in a weird way, enjoy it. Because you switch off from everything and all of a sudden you're with your mates again and, 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 and life is very simple. It's very simple there, you know. You, you, you've got your routine, you do what you need to do and it's all very simple, you know. And, and, and my, my job out there is, wasn't pulling up trees, you know. I was, I was there with, with, with a different unit and I can't talk too much about that and I'm not going to talk too much about that, but it is what it is. But I, I, did, I did enjoy it. I enjoyed Afghanistan in a weird way. Were you in in that unit, or were you working attached with... working to that unit? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Were you a, a, a medic with them? Or... No, 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 no. I just looked after everything else. You know, or, or, or everything they needed, I sorted out for them. You know. Okay. Yes. And tell us about the. I'll call it bodyguarding. When you said CP, I'm taking it mean close protection. Yeah, that's it. So when when I left when I left the corps in 2012, um, didn't. I didn't know because I've done 10 years. So I thought to myself, right, well, how am I going to earn the money to negate needing to be in for that full pension? And I thought, well, you know, close protection, bodyguarding, whatever, whatever the fuck you want to call it is. It's, it's good money. It is good money. You know, we, we, we earn it. If, if someone says, Oh, you know, um, I don't know. How, how, how do you earn loads of money? Oh, keep talking, well, mate. Sorry. I get my camera. Back. How, how do you earn loads of money? Well, you put the you put the time in and you get the experience, but um, it's it's the same thing, you know. I'd put ten years into it. I'd put ten years into that sort of mindset, that sort of skill set, and after ten years in a job, you'd expect to be somewhere handy, wouldn't you? Yeah. So, so I did. I did. I did the courses as part of my resettlement, and um, got super lucky. In in all reality, I got really lucky. The, the the unit PW he knew a guy who was doing it in London. I was commutable distance from London, so I went up and met him at a, at a couple of beers and got absolutely shit faced the pair of us, and just got met just got on ex bootnet just got on. Um, two weeks later, he rings me up. He says, you know, then there's a princess, an Arabian princess. She's coming over. They've rung me up. They've asked me if I know anybody. I've told them, yep, we was mega mates. When really we weren't, we'd, we'd we'd spent one day together on the piss, and he said, "Yep, yeah, I'll put your name forward. They're they're going to ring you." And lo and behold, they rung me. Went up there for the day. We did all the recce. There was five of us. Uh, there was another bootneck whose name whose name escapes me now. And there was four others, me being one of them. So we went out for that day. Did all the recce's, everything like that. Looked at everything. And and this other bootneck, he was down to be the driver the next day when this princess landed at the airport, and he was his name was down on the on the on the manifest to go onto the pan and pick her up from the plane because obviously she ain't going to go through customs or anything like that she just gets off the plane straight into the car and then they're gone 
his name was on there. So they said, right, well, she doesn't want five blokes. She wants one bloke, one woman, all the rest of you. Thanks for coming, but go home. I'm like that. Fine. First one I went for, easy come, easy go, no biggie. So I went home, didn't give no second thought to it whatsoever. Three days later, the bootneck rings me up. He says, Den, I'm giving you a heads up. They're going to ring you. Because he was waiting on clearance to go and work for uh, Taz Group, I think it was, out in Iraq. He was waiting for the, the clearance for it. Got the clearance two days later. So said to him, right, I'm going. They said, oh, okay, no problem. Who was the best at the rest of them? He said, well, Den was brilliant. Purely because I was another bootneck. Not that I'd ever worked with him or anything like that. And um, so they rung me up. I said, look, do you want to, do you want to come and, do you want to come and do it? If you're not working? I said, well, I've got another thing, but you know, I could probably come next week. Lied completely to them. Yep. I've got another thing, but I'm coming next week. So I, they said, yeah, no problem. So I went next week and I was with her and stayed with her for two and a half months when she was over here. Got on really well with her. Got on well with all of her, her entourage for want of a better word. And once you've got that on your CV, the rest of it's easy, isn't it, you know? And that took me into other jobs with high net worth individuals in London. And I liked it, mate. I liked it. It was good. I did, I did, I did things that normal blokes like me and you would never, ever get to do. You know, you eat at the best restaurants, you fly on private jets, you drive Rolls Royces, all that shit. But for everybody that thinks it's mega glamorous, that one hour of good shit a day, you're sitting in the car for 18 others needing a piss, thinking, shall I go? Shan't I go? Shall I go? One time I was waiting for the, for the woman I was looking after. Jesus Christ, I needed a piss for two hours. And then when I picked her up, she wanted to go all these different places. I was breaking my neck. In the end, I thought, myself, well, that's it. I'm, I'm just going to have to tell her in a minute. I've got to go. Luckily enough, she wanted to go home and I managed to go for a wee-wee. But that was, that was the hardest thing I've ever done in my life, trying to order pee in. Mm. And I went myself. I didn't wear it myself. I would have done that. Yeah, I suppose when people think of bodyguards, it, it, it's kind of a different thing, I suppose, if you're in the States, because they, they can carry weapons, can't they? Yeah, yeah, you can't, you can't hear, you can't hear. So here it's more about you really got, your skills have got to be good, haven't they? Because you can't get your, your, your client into the shit in the first place. Exactly that. And you know what, if you're walking around doing Kung Fu in the street, it means you've done something wrong. And, and Connor, who's who's watching this tonight, his dad said that to me. He said, everybody thinks we just go and do Kung Fu in the street. And if you're doing that, then you've done something wrong because they shouldn't be in that situation in the first place. Sometimes it's completely, you know, it's completely unavoidable. Are you... Are you I, go on. Danny, are you allowed to... Um, we had to... Jack, do you know Jack English? No. Don't think so. Oh, he's a um, former bootneck turned term bodyguard and uh he's been on the, the the podcast he 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 was telling us um some of the clients that he had i don't know if you're are you able to tell us any of yours without you don't get yeah. yourself in trouble no 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 so it was, it was the arabian princess i looked after uh the princess one of the princesses of dubai and then i was on Mohammed al fayed's team for five years uh, okay and then yeah. yeah so I, I was i was on him personally and then um, moved on to his son and then his son had a son and in the end I, I finished up uh, as basically a manny but it was the best job ever and if it didn't have a load of politics around in it I'd, I'd still be there now because me and that little boy we were best friends 
And that's the and you get especially with the kids, you get a bond with them because you you probably see them more than they see their their parents. You know, so it's it's a quite it's quite a, a bit of a balancing act. Your part driver, your part bodyguard, your part manny, and and the nannies they're generally foreign, so they don't really know the score of everything. So you're looking after them. Sometimes it's like fucking herding cats, mate. I tell you, it's ridiculous. I had two Italian nannies one day over at Winter Wonderland in Hyde Park. Jesus Christ. They were just all over the place. In the end, you have to just grab them by the arms and say, right, let's go and buy some donuts and just sit and watch everything going on. Calm down a little bit, you know? So you're eating mm. churros, sugar all over your face. It was brilliant. Loved it. Best day's work ever, just eating donuts. It's a but, bit of um, bit of pressure working for Mohammed Al-Fayed, isn't it, after what happened to yeah, his... Well, yeah, so especially with, with, with his past... And, and you know the the things that go on with that, you know, you, especially when you're in Paris, you've got you've got to you know you can't go a certain route in Paris and everything like that. It's it's it's, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. And but he gets he gets a lot. People have got this this opinion of him, and really he's just he's just a lovely old man that loves his family. He's very generous. He's very funny, and he's just a nice old man that just wants his best for his family. And I defy anybody to say if you did if you had the means, then you would have ten blokes walking around after your kids and your grandkids and your 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 wife all day every day. To to if if we could wrap them all up in in bubble wrap, we would. And I don't care what anyone says, we would if we could. Hundred yeah. percent, we would. He was he was heartbroken, wasn't he, when when Dodi was killed. And, and, and any any one of us would be. Any one of us would be if we lost our son or a daughter. You I'm know? surprised. That, he... that was that was before my time. That was before my time. And when when I was there, he was he was a lot older and he a lot more chilled out. But he's a very very nice old man. Very nice old man. I've got a lot of time for him. Did you ever hear any um, any sort of insider stuff on what what went on there? You, you know. By the time I joined, there was only there was only sort of a couple of people left that had been there at that that time, and mm. you know it, it it's just it's just people's opinion. But I'm not I'm not going to share people's opinions. Yeah, of course, you know, I don't mind. I just um, only reason I mentioned there was a bit of CCTV footage that they showed outside the Ritz back back the night that the 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 two of them died. And they'd identified everybody in the crowd except there were these two geezers, and they just looked like they was on someone's payroll. Um, yeah, you know what, Chris? I've learned as I've got older to if something doesn't look right, it's not, and there's a reason why I've noticed it. It could be good, could be bad, could be indifferent. It could I could never know, but there's a reason why we notice things. Yeah. And I've learned as I've got older and a bit lo- longer in the tooth to listen to my subconscious there. Yes. Again, that's, that, that's, that that's all, a good lesson. Yeah, that all gets quite interesting as you get older because they, um, what's it, they call it synchronicity, don't they? When, when if you need, you need to learn to spot the synchronicities in life, the number, you know, when the alarm clock's 11, 11 and all this, this kind of thing. Yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't know what it's called, to be honest, mate. I'm not, my vocabulary isn't that extensive, but the way the way I see things, if I notice something, then there's a reason why I notice something, yeah. and I and and I don't always work out why I notice it, but I know I do, and I try and listen to that, and I try and pay attention to that. 
because it could be it could be good, could be bad. It's probably just habit of being in that in that environment, in that work, in that job for so long. But you're talking the best part of 20 years. You know, I needed to notice things if they weren't right. Mm-hmm. Because if you do, if you don't notice them, sorry, and they are wrong, then that could cost you, your friends, your clients, your, your, your principal, their life. You know, and then that's no bueno. So, then you do... Um... I'm just going to say all this positive stuff now, right? As a just yeah, to, yeah. just just to sum up everything that I've seen, was was that off the back of trauma yourself, or or or, or did you have any mental health issues leaving the core or leaving your after after bodyguarding? No, no, I, I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, I'm sure. I'm sure if a psychologist got hold of me for long enough, they could probably find something. But like, like my mate, the Colossus Steve King says, he says, if you go looking for dog shit, you'll find it. Yeah. You know, he, uh, and he says that, and he's, he's a wise man, Steve. But I don't think so. You know, I, 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 I struggle. If we was in a pub now or a restaurant or somewhere in public and we was looking at each other the, as we are now, I'd struggle looking at you. I tend to look around a lot. I tend to try and notice things and I try to look at the, the environment a lot. And I, it's not me being rude. It's just habit, probably. I don't, I don't think there's anything lasting from the core. I might be wrong, you know, in, 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 a, in, a, in a while's time, that, that might prove itself that, I just put my hair up because I mean business now. Um, that might prove itself that, you know, there might, there might, I might have issues. I think all of us, I don't know, I don't know. I don't think so. I wasn't. Um, I wasn't trying to be a psychologist. I just wondered no, no, no. if that was the driver behind all of this. You know, this positivity in the swimming. No, I t- and... I, I'll tell you how that started. Right, I was. I was in the bath. I was in the bath, and we'd just gone into the lockdown, and and I thought to myself, well, for me, getting up in the morning, doing some sort of PE, has been such a big part of my life, such a habit of my life for so long, that if I don't do it, it it has an effect, you know, it, it doesn't make me as, as happy with my day. You know, I don't feel as fulfilled. And then I started thinking a bit more deeper about it. I'd probably had a couple of beers or something like that, but I thought, well, you've got these people, these single people that wake up in the morning, go to the gym, do a bit of PE, go to the office. All their friends are at work. Lunchtime, they might go to the pub. They might go to lunch. Then after work, they might go and have dinner. Then they go home just to get their head down and then do it the next day. And then I thought, well, now we've entered this plague and everyone's been locked down. They've had all that ripped off of them. So they're going to wake up in the morning. They're going to put on a, a tea stained um, dressing gown, walk around in their dirty pants because there's no need to get clean, is there? Because no one's going to fucking see you. So you just sit there in your dirty pants, eat donuts, whatever you want to do in the morning because it doesn't matter. You ain't gonna do nothing else. Put your computer on your tele on your uh, on your kitchen table. Check your emails. Reply to the emails, and then you do that later on into the day because it's at your kitchen table. So it doesn't matter if you're replying to emails at eight o'clock, nine o'clock, ten o'clock at night because you're still at home. And then you go to bed, wake up the next day, and do it all again. And then you know it takes like twenty eight days ish to build a habit. And if that becomes a habit, then that's a bad thing. You know, and then you start uh, you start talking about delving into the depths of depression, going down these rabbit holes that you can't get out of. 
And what I wanted to do is I wanted to just, and I'd never been on, on social media, Facebook, Instagram, anything like that. I thought, well, I'll start a little Instagram thing. And if I can help one person every day, just get out into the fresh air or do something to take them out of this cycle that they, they're in danger of falling into, then I've done a job. And I spoke to my brother about it. He said, it's like comedy then. If you make one person laugh, you've done the job. And that's why I thought I just need to have one person every day, one person. Then the next day, if they can help one person. And because my ego is fucking massive, I think I can solve mental health on my own. I've kept it going and I've kept it going. And, and, and you know, and I, and I come up with start your day on purpose. I must have heard it from somewhere before. I don't know where, but it's start your day on purpose. And that's what this is all about. And my brother's mate, who's a psychologist, <clears throat> excuse me, out in uh, Colchester, Tanner, Tanner Therapy, he he got hold of it. He, he heard me and he said, then it's brilliant, really resonated with me. Let's start this movement, you know, and get people starting their day on purpose. And it snowballed from there. And we do and we do like an Instagram live chat on a Thursday night. Um and then people people make their videos of how they're starting their day on purpose. And it doesn't have to be with PE. You know, it can be getting up 10 minutes earlier and have a cup of tea in your pants in the garden. It could just be having 10 minutes in bed, just, just setting yourself up for the day. Getting your, your mindset in the right gear to deal with any shit. Because we all get shit thrown at us every single day. It's how we deal with it. If we're in the right mindset to deal with it. You know, you only get a bad day if you let it be a bad day. Someone said the other day, you know, it's not doesn't have to be a shit day. Just try and look, look positive at everything. And if if you're in the right mindset to do that, then it's easier to do that, isn't it? You know, and that's that's the message that we're trying to get across with the start of the day on a purpose. Yes. And it's this thing, Dan, if you if you were to. Uh, 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 I've said it before and I'm saying it again now, but if you were to ask 10 different life coaches to write down five things on the back of a piece of paper that they do on a daily basis, it would all be <laughs> either identical or pretty much the same thing. So my my thing is always, um, well, it's a bit of a slightly more elongated process or, or, or broken down process, I should say, but wake up, self-affirmation, that's morning legend then it's step out of bed smile at the sun say thank you for this existence then it's yeah. get out the front door get some air in your lungs jog around the block yeah um, and then it's back hot shower cold shower and then i i um force down a green smoothie for for lunch and it's like i don't have to do those things i'm not even obsessive with it but if i don't it's like my day's all fucked up yeah, it could fuck things up. Yeah. And so, something as simple as just starting your, day, starting your day in the right way. You know, it's not it's not an OCD thing. It's a habit that you've got. You've got this habit that's a good habit that works for you. And no one needs to apologize for anything that works for them, no matter what it is. If you want to if you want to get up and put yourself in, in the freezing cold water, that I, that I, I do it on, on a regular basis. You know, I go in the sea. Every Friday morning, I go in the sea. There's a woman called Heather amazing woman heather ashley she she runs this thing win the morning win the day on a friday morning people go down there and you can have a little run if you want or you can walk or you don't even have to do that and then you go in for a dip in the water and you know we've done that the whole way through the winter and it's 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 good 
is good and it, it sets you up. It really does set you up for the day. I f- used to think it was a load of old shit with the endorphins and stuff like that, but it's not. It's not. No. You go in the cold water and especially if it's wavy and you get that. It's all. It, it might sound a little bit sort of hairy fairy or whatever it is, but you feel you really do get the energy from from the sea, and I yes. enjoy it. I enjoy it. Then let's come on to that because I. Th- there's so much fascinating stuff I can't wait to ask you. Um, before we do, just want to say hello to my good friend Chris Dangerfield in the chat. Friends, if you're watching, listening, Chris um, Chris has one of the best YouTube channels. Glad to see you back recently, Chris. Um, I think there's this thing about YouTube, Dan. It's It's... You have to work it so hard to make it work that your quality of life really starts to, you know, really can start to get affected. And you end up thinking, hang on a sec, I'm trying to be this person, but actually this is just to really, um, I find I have to manage it incredibly uh, strictly. Um, that's all your mindfulness. That's all your... Uh, meditation this kind of thing which all sound probably sounds a bit confusing to people who don't who've only heard about meditation say off the television and think it's this thing and you do in a dark room and it's not not necessarily but anyway sorry I'm, I'm going going off a bit but um we've got uh mick in the chat mick said he's lost his what just lost his wife after 32 years and oh, this God. is helping him big time Mick, lots of love to you, sir. Um, glad to see you, or at least I really hope you're still smiling. I did a video in my Commando Coach playlist about bereavement. Um, I hope it can, uh, maybe you get time to watch that, Mick. I hope it can help you. Um, yeah, stay, stay, stay strong, Mick, you know. Yes, yes. Um, sorry, just catching up down here. Dun, dun, dun. So, uh, sorry, there's a couple of questions I just wanted to get just really shortly because people have asked them and I don't want to. Um, somebody asked yeah. how, how tall you are. You don't have to answer that, but if you don't mind. Just just a shade over six foot. Jules, he's just a shade over six foot. Um, kind of like myself. <laughs> that, that, that shade's important as well. <laughs> yes. I'm I'm shaved off six foot, shaved down to five <laughs> five foot seven or five foot eight. Shaved right. down a little bit. Um. So, uh, sorry. Oh, s- there was one question here, and it was, oh, it's from Holistic Media. Holistic, thank you ever so much for joining my um, my pe- my uh, channel membership team. Really appreciate that. Um, Hole is asking, could you? protect someone you didn't trust i'll leave that open to your interpretation great great question great question so i i've i had a job with a um a qatari lady and i went and met her for a coffee just to chat with her and 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 get to know a little bit and i said to her i said it's quite important that we have this chat because if i don't like you i don't want to look after you because ultimately, I'm going to put myself in in the way of danger for you. So if I don't like you, can't work for you, can't look after you, you know, because you, you're, you're not going to give them 
what they deserve, what they're paying you for, and you're going to let yourself down. More importantly, you let yourself down. Okay, so it's not a case of trust. It's a, it, certainly you can't look after someone that you don't like, but with people, you you might not be able to trust someone, but you can trust them to be untrustworthy. So if you know someone is untrustworthy, you can trust them to be that. If you know someone's a liar, you can trust them to be a liar. You know, so just trust them to be them as opposed to trusting in them, if that makes sense. But to answer your question, I can trust, I could look after someone I, I, I don't trust, but I can't look after someone I don't like, if you know what I mean. Yes. I met a Qatari lady once and I said, do you know Stairway to Heaven? <laughs> hey, it's a bit the same that though in the military. I mean, you know, you've got to have that tight bond because you've got to be prepared to fight and die for the person next to you. But of course, absolutely. It, absolutely. It really puts an interesting angle on it when that person next to you has just dropped you in the you know what to save their own ass. Yeah. And you've got to then go out and patrol with them and you're like, oh, all, all, all of us, all of a sudden you can, you can trust them to drop you in the shit. You can trust them to be untrustworthy. And that is another factor that you have to take into consideration. The Qatari lady that I looked after, she's good as gold. She was an absolute angel. Treated me with respect, looked after me. I looked after her. It was a symbiotic relationship. Good. Good to her. I'm just, Bear with me one sec, mate. I'm just... Chrissy, this Chris Dangerfield has a Substack account. Um, I'm just putting... Chrissy, I'm just putting your link in the comments section. And... Da, da, da. Yeah, Chrissy will give you two written pieces per month straight to your inbox. So you'll get the best of Chrissy, who used to do a, a live stream like we're doing now every single day. And he really hit the... Um, issues that that need to unite people at the moment and get people hate to say the word wake up but that's basically what it is and and uh yeah so there you go much love to you chrissy thank you mate um right yes let's talk about cold water immersion yeah um just before i you came on the zoom earlier mate i i just done another live chat just to update people at my about my triathlon at the weekend. And one of the things that has come to light for me is um, I went for a dip before the Torbay triathlon on Sunday. I went on the Saturday afternoon because you have to go and register. So I went in the water with, with, with my little boy and I was only in for 20 minutes and I had a shorty wetsuit on. Yeah. By the time I got out, I looked at my hands and my toes and they just didn't feel right. They felt... Well, I suppose you just say numb, right? A bit numb, yeah. Bit when numb. I held him up to the light, I could see the blood had drained and just left empty skin, like skin yeah, yeah. but with no blood in it, right? So I got home and Googled it, and it's his Raynard sim syndrome. Raynard, yeah. yeah. Raynard. But simultaneously, I checked my blood pressure because um, I've been getting real bad vertigo for a few months now, and they say that a lack of blood a low blood pressure can cause that and lo and behold i where where the bottom number should be a hundred mine was 50 so half so low 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 blood pressure um 
I'm going to have to do a bit of researching about this because I've eaten pretty much plant-based alkaline diet for a number of years, so I never I never get sick in the traditional sense. I'm relatively fit for 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 my age. Um, but putting it back to you, Den, it's it's bloody cold getting in the sea in England in the winter. How do you yeah. do it, and how long can you do it for? Um, so let's start. Let's start with how do you do it? Sheer blooded mindedness. I tell people what I say is I say you channel your inner violence to get into it. And when you're in it, you channel your inner peace. And, you know, the, a lot of people are going back to Heather. She, she does the Wim Hof breathing. But I, I don't do the Wim Hof breathing. I just go in. But breathing is a good thing. A good little tip that, that I find when you go in, I just keep my hands out just for the first bit. When it's cold, it's all right now. But when it gets cold, you keep your hands out for the first bit. Because when you, when you go in the Cold War, all the blood goes to this bit, all the important bit, you know, all the important bit, your heart, your lungs, all your, all your organs are in there. Your hands don't matter. Your extremities don't matter because there's nothing in them. That's why all the blood drains out of them because it all goes into your main torso to keep all the important shit warm. So if you keep your hands out of it for a little bit, all the blood goes there and it's not too bad then, all right? Um, in terms of how long you stay in it, Apparently, the rule of thumb is a minute for every degree C, the temperature is. So you can, you can like 10 degrees C, you go going for 10 minutes or whatever, but it's 15 degrees, 15 degrees quite warm. So you're in there for a long time. But I've been in there and I don't wear a watch when I go in there. I sort of tend to do it by feel a little bit. And I, a couple of times it's, it's caught me out. I've been in there and I felt good when I've got in there. And I come out and I'm, I'm in I'm in the I'm in the car going on at home and I've fallen off a cliff then. And then I start shaking because it's, it's not that you're cold. It's your body trying to heat all the important shit up. So you start shaking uncontrollably and that frustrates me. And then I end up shouting at myself to get a grip of myself because I'm shaking so much, you know. And um, but I've, I, I, I don't know. I don't know the longest I've been in. 25 30 minutes something like that i was i was in there for 25 minutes the, the other week when it was when it was getting down there a little bit a uh, um, friend of mine and i'm not going to go into too much detail about it, but a friend of mine I'd, I'd found out that morning that he died the day before he had a, had a sudden heart attack and died he was a fantastic man and i just started thinking about him when i got in the water and then i just started looking at the sunrise because it's like half six in the morning and I'm looking at the sunrise, I'm thinking about it, and I'm thinking about all the funny stories and the funny times we've had. And I end up staying there for like 25 minutes. And then when I got out, that's when you fall off a cliff a little bit because you do get cold. And it's no no reflection on you. It's, it's a machine. Your body's a machine. You know, if it gets cold, it's going to do its best to warm itself up. And that's that's what the shaking is. But in all reality, it's a mindset thing. Getting in cold water is a mindset thing. You know, you get in, just breathe, breathe through it. That helps. But just decide, just decide you're going to go in there. I, I, I decided in January because I have a meeting on, on a Tuesday morning early and I decided, right, tomorrow I'm going to go down the beach early. I'm going and I'm going in the water a half past four in the morning. And I did. And the weather was fucking atrocious. And you turned up and streetlights, they were still in bed, the streetlights. So I parked the van up. 
I got out and I looked and all you could see from the beach was the white waves crashing. And you can hear the white waves crashing. And it's quite an intimidating thing. It's the most powerful thing in the, in the, in the world, as far as I'm concerned, the ocean. And I'm looking at it and I took a minute and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a shrinking violet, but I took a minute to look at these waves. And I went in there for a bit, got battered about in this ice cold washing machine for about a minute or two. Went back, put my coat on, thought, right, yeah. Got in the van, put the heating on, sat there for a minute, called myself a pussy because I thought I hadn't been in there long enough. Didn't didn't feel fulfilled by it and went back and went back. And to be honest, it was, a, it was quite a reckless thing, but I'd got it in my head that I was going in the water that morning. And not a lot has to go wrong for you to be banging trouble in that scenario. If one of them waves hit me and I hit my head on a the rock, then I'd, I'd have died. I'm not being dramatic, you, but you need to be respectful of the ocean. Everybody out there who wants to go and do cold water swimming, cold water immersion, whatever you want to call it, don't go on your own the first time. Go with someone who knows what they're talking about. Take a watch, keep an eye on your time, breathe through it. And, 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 and it's, it's a wonderful thing when you do get to grips with it, but do your research on it and don't be reckless because it, it can only end one way. But that's how I get in and just go for it. And do you do any breathing techniques before you get in? I'm Personally, of- no. No. And I'd, I'd be fraudulent if I said, yep, yeah, I do all that Wim Hof shit, because I don't. I don't. There's a place for it. There's a place for it. And I don't, I don't begrudge anybody that does do it. And I've got the book and I intend to read it and I intend to do the breathing. And it's a fantastic thing. My mum did a, did a course of him about 10 years ago before anybody knew Wim Hof was. Um, I don't do the breathing. Very good friend of mine does the breathing. He loves it. And I think it's really good. I, I don't do it personally, but I have every intention of doing it. So yes. I, I suggest people do do it. I'll tell you what I've got. Uh, hang on. It's up here. See so if I can grab it without knocking my studio down. Without trashing the gaff. Yeah. You're not bootnecks tonight, mate. <laughs> I've been sponsored by the very kindly by these guys. Um, I don't know if you can see this. It's called Aerofit. Aerofit, yeah. And it syncs with an app on your phone. No, no yep. surprise. No surprise there, right? No. Um, and you have set settings either side of it here. Different settings. One's A to F. The other's one to six or something. Um, off. And then you put it in your mouth, and it, and the app's got just all different kinds of breathing exercise. So for getting power in your lungs for getting aerobic capacity all this kind of stuff and um i'll be honest because it's like a bit gimmicky i don't mean gimmicky as in cheap i mean like it's a it's a gizmo it's a gadget yeah i got more incentive to play around with this than i have to sort of sit on my own and have the discipline you need to do the wim hof method it's a toy it's a toy there's things you know, toys are invented for us to play with. That's what we give our children. We give our children toys to learn from. With that, your body's learning how to breathe properly through the aerofit thing. Yeah. And it just, it, it adds the incentive because you're playing about on the app with it. You know, so we add the, um, basically a respirator, isn't it? You do, it's, it's doing fizz in a respirator just with a little gizmo that's cooked up yeah. to your phone. But I tell you what, it, it's a, Bloody good workout, it really is. It is. 
But it is. You know, because you've got resist resistance on your lungs, which is not something you ever have in any other situation unless you're wearing a respirator. Exactly. It's um, a hypoxic, hypoxic training. Yeah. Working without air. Yeah, and you've got and you're pushing you know, when you push and you've got resistance, you can feel the muscles whatever muscle groups are involved in you, you can yeah. feel them working overtime. It's quite incredible. Exactly. If you're doing if you're rowing, you're pulling that that chain to row, your lungs are, are being forced to fill with air because the, the, there's not enough air in that aero fit. It's restricting it. So you're working harder and it's a muscle. The lungs are a muscle. Yes. When you work that muscle, they're going to get bigger. They're going to get stronger. Jane is asking, would waiting until afternoon be any different? I'll, I'll just chip in there first, if I may. I find morning routine is just such an important part of the day. And if I don't do it in the morning, I'll put it back to you. And then I, then I procrastinate. And the next thing you know, the moment's got that, that beautiful thing's gone. And I'm like, ah, oh, bugger it. It's tomorrow now. Um, yeah. Any thoughts yeah. on that? Absolutely. And for you, because it's been such a habit for you to do it first thing in the morning, love myself, you know, it works better for me first thing in the morning. But we've all got lives. Jane, is it? Jane. Jane, it yes. Jane. Yeah, Jane, we've all got lives. We've all got things, you know. If people have to do the school run in the morning or go to work in the morning or take their dog out for a walk in the morning, you know, they've got to do that thing first of all. So it doesn't matter when you start your day, but you can finish your day on purpose. You know, if you if you're if you know that you're gonna you you've got a time at lunchtime to go to the gym for argument's sake, then you know that you're looking forward to that gym. That's your time to start your day on purpose. But you're starting it on purpose at lunch. You know, you've got your shit to do first thing in the morning. It doesn't take away the fact that you're gonna start your day on purpose because your mindset's in the right place to deal with the shit. You know, you know that you might have a difficult customer at work, you know you might have your boss being an arsehole at work in the morning, you can get through that because you know you're going to the gym in the afternoon. You know you're going to go for a run after work to get rid of all that negativity. And, and that is when you charge yourself. When you do when you have your your when you have your you time, that's what positively charges you. You know, for myself and Chris, it's in the morning. It doesn't have to be in the morning, it could be at night. If you hear clanging and banging, that's a colossus it is Stevie in our little gym next to our office, banging away. You know, he's doing it tonight because that's how he start, uh, finishes his day on purpose. Yeah. Okay. But so it doesn't matter what time you do it, Jane, as long as you, as long as you get that little bit of you time at some point. It's important. That's self-care. Yeah. One of the things I miss out on by going in the morning is I, I love to run in the sun. I think it's a, you, I can't get hot enough. So I can have the sun beating down at me on a hot, hottest day of the year. And I, I can go for a four miler and just absolutely love it. So that's the, and get get the vitamin D in as well. That's the one. A lot, there's a lot to be said just for having a little bit of sun in your face. Don't yeah. even have to do nothing. Just a little bit of sun in your face. A lot to be said for it. Then what what do you do? What do you do with your days now? Then my my days, mate. I'm busy. I'm like a man made of sugar in a world full of ants, Christopher. Everybody wants a little bit of me for some reason. I don't know what it is, but We've got um, me and Steve. We've got a couple of a couple of projects. We've got Beyond Strong, which is a fitness community that we run. So uh, we've got the podcast coming out soon, but we've got uh, occlusion bands. We've got be, got a few products that 
that are all about sort of fitness, recovery, rehab, training, all that sort of stuff. Um, you know, look on our Instagram. We've got shameless plug there. We've got um, bios and stuff like that. We've got training. I do the accountability coaching stuff. Um, I've got building company as well that me and Steve have got because by trade we're builders. So we run a building company. So if anybody wants a house built, give me a shout. We do that for them as well. While I'm here, I might as well just crank it all out. Eh? Um, and I've got a son, mate, that's the biggest part of my life. He's 17 months old. Oh. And, and he's amazing. His name's Reginald. And, and he's the whole reason I do everything that I do. Oh, that's, that's brilliant, mate. Congratulations. In, in, in reality, nothing else matters. Nothing no, else matters. It, but everything I do is for him. Oh, that's wonderful. Yes. Yeah, so he has... He has nursery and, and 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 I pick him up nursery, take him home to his mum and, and whatever. And, and I don't work Thursdays. I don't work Thursdays because that's our day. And I take that day on a Thursday to spend the whole day with him. And nothing will change that because he's the most important. Um, but yeah, I try, I try and do my bits and pieces in the morning. I do the accountability stuff, as I said, the motivational stuff for people. Um, you know, I work with a few people who, who, who just need that little bit of an elbow tickle. Just every now and then they just ring me up and, you know, we have a chat once a week, 45 minutes, something like that. And um, just, just just keep them on track, really. They can do it. They just need me to hold their hand a little bit along that way and just give them a little bit of an elbow tickle just to keep keep them on the track. Got you. The, the, the body, our, the human body is capable of a lot of things, but the human mind can sometimes wander off it can wander off and get distracted. And all I do is I just just ease it back onto the track that they want to be on. So, yeah, my my days are busy, but good. And what about the actual open water swimming, Dan? You've done a bit. You have done a fair bit. Yeah, of that, I, did, I did. I did one. I did a, the Bournemouth Pier to Pier. Um, that was Saturday. Uh, it's one and a half miles. It, it was OK. You know, it's, it's, it was a bit choppy, but it was all right. But. I used it mainly because I couldn't get in the gym. I started doing it because I couldn't get in the gym for the triathlon training. So I thought, well, you know, I'll get myself a wetsuit. I'll go swimming in the sea. It worked out. It was horrendous fucking weather. It was, it was the waves like the, like the final scene at a point break. So you couldn't do no swimming anyway, but it was good. And, and now it's when it calms down a little bit, I, I, I live in Bournemouth in Paul. So we've got that Harbor. So the tides in all the time, it just goes a little bit low. So long as it's not windy, it's not too bad, but I like it. I like it. And, and it's, it's a good exercise. You know, me and you have both got Velcro knees, Chris. If you do any sort of uh, yomping for any sort of length of time, your knees are trashed, eh? So it's, it's, it's no impact on my old body and it's not too bad. It's, it's, it's good, mate. It's good. I like the swimming. Yeah, see that in itself is, it's definitely something I'd like to get more into. I I've had a few bad experiences in the sea, as in really almost drowning, um, getting smashed down while surfing in Nicaragua, I think it was. And by the time you get smashed down a third time, you pretty much give up on <laughs> give up on life. And it's not it's not a nice uh, give up on life. It's quite panicky. So yeah. I've always got a bit of reservation in my mind about the sea. What the tides doing? Is it like? Like here where I live, the tide rips out the estuary and it's yeah. and it's claimed lives. You know, people have, I mean, 
one poor lad jumped off the, the, the ferry for, for a laugh when he was pissed and it must have just grabbed him and, and tore him underneath the, the, um, the ferry, I'm guessing, and he was found. Well, let's not, let's not go into it. But no. So no. what I'm trying to say is I have a very healthy respect for the sea, which is a, a pseudonym for also I'm pretty fucking scared out there, right? Mate, it's a scary fucking place to be. Yeah, you know, I, I, any anybody who's who's watching this or anybody who knows anybody say, "Yep, yeah, I'm going to go for a swim in the sea." Don't don't just jump into that willy nilly. You know that that is a dangerous fucking place, and you need to do your research. Do you have a respect for it? Like Chris just said, have respect for the sea because nothing, you, there's nothing you can do. One foot of fast flowing water will take you off your feet. Three feet of fast flowing water will take a house down. And three feet ain't a lot to meet us, not even up to your waist. Mm. And that will take a house down. It's the most powerful thing there is. And it will, it, it will just take you away. So have, have a healthy respect for it and be safe. If you're going to go in the water, be safe. Yeah. Do your am, research. Am I right in thinking slack tide is the best time to swim? Or, it, or, it, or we should maybe not should should maybe not be giving advice here. No, I don't, I, I'm I'm not qualified to uh, to tell people when and where to swim. Mm. I'm, like I said, I'm lucky. We we've got a big harbour here, so there's not too much tide that you got to worry about really. But there is a tide. I just where I am, I don't go out too far. I just go out far enough where I could where I can still touch the bottom, but swim. You know, know how know how to get back in if you do get caught. You know, all the swimming diagonally stuff. But yeah. don't don't just don't just do it willy nilly. You can't just jump in the fucking sea and go, oh fuck it, I'll swim to France because I feel good today. You can't just do that. Mm. It's just dangerous and stupid, reckless. Would you ever got a um, question here from Epic? Says, would you ever swim the English Channel? Would that be something you consider? Um, it's not. It's not. It's not something I've considered. It's. It's not something I'd poo-poo. Don't get me wrong. I know. I know a guy that did it in about fourteen hours. Um, I also know some. Well, my mum knows someone that that took them thirty odd hours. It's a long time to continuously swim for. You know, I like swimming. Do I like it enough to motivate me to to swim the English Channel? Mm. I don't feel the need to do that. Um, there's there's other things I'd like to do. You know, if it was for charity, I I could think of better things to do for charity that I'd enjoy more. But I don't I don't I won't I won't completely shit can it because it's not it's not something that I've I've said no I'm never going to do it. But we don't we'll see we'll see we don't know we don't know what tomorrow's going to bring us. And you mentioned triathlon. What sort of triathlons have you done? I've got um I've got an Ironman coming up in in Vichy in august so yeah we're just doing some training for that and that's how the that's how the open water swimming started really i was just i just wanted to get with my training and do bits and pieces for that and keep current with it all because we couldn't get in swimming pools could we so i wanted to go in the sea and keep my swimming up but yeah. i like i like i like them sort of stuff you know it's riding a bike i don't like the running too much but once you get to the running nothing's going to stop you is it because you're, no. you're, well, you're near enough there. No, what I, what I found my first triathlon is I just, I really bit off more than I could chew. I thought because I could swim a mile pretty easy in a swimming pool, that in open water, it's just 
as long as as long as there wasn't a massive swell on, it was going to be about about the same. And and well, it was. <laughs> put it put it blank, bluntly. It 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 wasn't. It's quite hard work out there, mm. especially which one way that you go, the current's going to be against you. So, yep. you know, yep. that, that, well, that, that, that one I did, that one I did Saturday, it was supposed to be peer to peer, but because of the conditions, they made it into loops. So you, you swim down, swim back, swim back again. So you're against it one way rather than just either going with it completely or against it completely. Um, just give people the option just to, to dip out if they were struggling, but it's, it's a safety aspect. That's all. Nothing we can do about it. Yes, of course. And what prompted um, the Ironman? Have you done smaller distances? Oh, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you what prompted the Ironman. It's a personal thing to me. It's a friend of mine. He was doing, he was doing a triathlon in Mallorca and he died. He died doing it. Um, and I, I wanted to finish that Ironman for him. I wanted to do that for him. Um, I couldn't do couldn't do that particular one because it's booked up so far in advance so i thought right well i'll go and do the iron man in vichy and and dedicate that to him that's a personal thing for me i don't want nothing for that that's just my way of honoring carl can i can i ask how he died they don't know i'm guessing it was on they the don't swim. Know. They've, had, they've had the inquest and they just don't know was it on the swim then yeah it was, yeah. It was 500 meters into the swim yeah time. one of my friends from here she she went out to one of these uh, continental ones. Was it was it Spain? It was the seventy thirty, yeah. so the half Ironman, and and that's, that's what that's what his was. Yeah, yeah that's what his she, was. She had a, a heart attack on the swim. Yeah, it, it, was it, it was it wasn't it wasn't a heart attack. They they just don't know. They no. just don't know. They read the inquest and they just don't know. And I I I wanted to finish that one for him in his memory and his and I don't want nothing for it. I don't want a big deal about it. It's just my way of saying ta-da to him, you know? And because I couldn't do that particular one, I thought, well, let's go and do an Ironman where I can do an Ironman. Yeah, got so that's, you. That's, 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 that's the only reason I'm, I'm doing this for him. Dan, listen, you've been an absolute legend, mate. Um, welcome back on the podcast anytime to, uh, well, let, yeah, let, let, so let, let's, let's do it, definitely do another one after your Ironman. Yeah, absolutely. That'd be um, really cool. But uh, yeah, I could talk for ages, mate. I, I'm trying to stop myself doing that these days because, <laughs> the, well, the problem is everyone's so time limited. They'll see a decent podcast like this and then they'll look at the time and go, ah, oh, I ain't got three hours to watch that, right? And, and it's such a shame. So I have to purposely force myself to keep them a bit shorter because so many people should be watching something like this, especially in this current climate of, of where everyone's struggling with their mental health and um i'm finding the answers in life are just ever simpler <laughs> yeah and it's not it's there's no black art to it you know you just just do just find time to do things that you want to do and all of a sudden your life just becomes a little bit easier and a little bit more enjoyable and yes. that doesn't matter if you do that thing for 10 minutes in the morning or 10 minutes at night you know, some of us are lucky that we've got jobs that we love. If you find a job you love, you will never work a day in your life. Never truer words. Dan, listen, stay on the line. I'm just going to play my outro and then I can thank you properly when we're, when we're off air. So just, just bear with me. But 
Once again, massive thank you to you, mate. To everybody uh, who's joined us in the chat, thank you for all your questions. Sorry we, we can't get all of them, folks. Um, once again, thanks to Ben. Lovely, lovely chat, Ben, for, for putting the two of us, two of us in touch. Yeah. And friends, yeah. if you could like and subscribe, that's going to help the channel massively. And big love to you all. See you next time. Friends, thank you for listening to the Bought the T-Shirt podcast. Please like, subscribe and share. And don't forget to follow me on social media. Username, Chris Thrall. Instagram, Chris.Thrall. Thank you.